This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Michael, we've got a question here, and you know what? For some reason, I think they've addressed this question for you, just you alone. Thanks for that. So the question is, why did God use Immoral Solomon to write the Song of Solomon? So there is so much debate over when Solomon actually wrote this book. Yes. Um, some would even say he didn't write it. I don't think that's fair or appropriate. Yeah. So we did a sermon series on Song of Solomon yeah, last um, fall. a while back. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges with Song of Solomon is placing the writing of it in Solomon's life. Yeah, where chronologically does it fit in his life? In his early yeah. years, in his mid-years, in his later years? Right, because you have this pure godly man who courts a woman and— they wait to have sex until they're married. Mm-hmm. You're telling the story of Song of Solomon for listeners who don't know yeah. the story. It's a the, pure the narrative. relationship. They get married. He's faithful to her. And uh, it goes from like their meeting, like chapters one through four is really like their dating and courtship. Mm-hmm. And then they have their wedding, which is in chapter four. And then the rest of it is their marriage and conflict and their sexual relationship and their enjoyment of one another. Yeah. And how can somebody so monogamous and pure and, and kind and servant hearted? write this book if they turned out to be someone who had how many wives well, and yeah, concubines? Yeah. It's the, like, the oh. verse that you're going to is 1 Kings 11.3, where it talks about Solomon had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines. A thousand women yeah. he, that were available for him to have a sexual relationship with. Like, how does this book jive with that? And then if that's the case, which we know it is, then why would God ever allow Mm-hmm. ever allow someone like Solomon to write this book. And and the person asking the question actually said something really insightful. This has been one of the most influential pieces of writing on human sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is a protective mechanism against uh, liberal culture that says do whatever you want with your bodies and pagan culture of the day. And it just preserves this very beautiful sexual ethic. Yeah, the biblical of, concept of yeah. sex within the context of marriage. Totally. So here's the simple answer. Who better to speak yes. to the goodness of monogamy mm-hmm. than the one who blew it. Yes. You read Ecclesiastes where it's more at the end of Solomon's life. Yeah, and most people agree with that. that yeah. The the book of Ecclesiastes is towards Solomon's end of, oh, end of his days. It's a miserable book. And he's miserable because he basically is admitting, hey, man, I, I really blew it. Yeah. I made major mistakes. Just so sad. You just, it's a book of regret and— what do I tell my kids? And what do I tell people? What message do I leave with? I mean, my whole life has just been building and taking and building and taking and conquering and women and and pleasures and satisfying every whim and right. every desire. And, and you know what? It, it's I think the best way to answer the timing of it would be to say, Song of Solomon tells the story of Solomon's first love, his first romance, his first marriage. And then Solomon did not protect his heart. And you see this as Solomon grew up. Uh, he just gives his life over to sin. And the more he gives it over, the more exponential it becomes and the more conquering he becomes. And, right. and all these wives are are symbolic of, of uh, tribal partnerships, international yeah. partnerships with other kingdoms. Yeah, and, that's how they maintained alliances from one country to the other yeah. is through marriage. Yep. And so uh, on the one hand, it could be said, who better— to talk about the goodness of monogamy yes. and marriage than the one who blew it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, um, we have to say that 
he, he is not much better than most of the other figures in scripture. Yeah. We've got yeah. murderers. We've got adulterers. We've got some of all the above. We've got, you name it. I mean, Abraham wasn't exactly stellar in character yeah, all the right. time. Moses murdered a guy. Yeah. and You got David. You got, I mean, how many? We could just go down the here. line. Paul yeah. murdered people. But that just speaks of God's grace and yeah. how God can redeem even the worst of us. Yep. And use us and use us for his glory. Yeah, there, there's a, a principle in Scripture which is like unwritten. It kind of undergirds the whole thing. And the, the principle goes like this. There's only one hero, yeah. and it's Jesus. Yep. That's it. Nobody yeah. else is the hero. Everyone everyone else struggles. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because a lot of holy books want to take like a human figure and elevate and them. And elevate them to perfection. Yeah, but not Scripture. Scripture is like, look, everybody's got an issue, right? Um, yeah. There's nobody who's nailed this thing. But Jesus is fully God and fully man, and he's right. flawless and perfect. And um, so even in Song of Solomon, it is not lost on anybody, especially of his day, yeah, right. who read the book, mm -hmm. the character of the man who wrote it. Yes. And it's almost like the juxtaposition of his earlier years with the people who are reading it while yeah. he's alive. They're like, Hmm. Yeah, right. I think he's gone astray. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know? So I think those would be some big reasons. But here's maybe like a parallel. Let's say, Tim, right now you write an incredible book on marriage and communication. And the book is true. No, yeah, okay. And the book is great, okay? Mm -hmm. But then in 20 years, you just become the worst communicator. I just fall you off just, the bandwagon. You just go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Your craziness in 20 years doesn't, doesn't negate— the legitimacy That's of right. what you wrote. Now, That's this right. is this is one of the challenges with like uh, authors and whatnot. Or um, if they do something really dumb, it almost like nothing that you said is valid. Yeah, well, it, it, not exactly it, yes. true. Which is not fair to do that. Right. And now you may not want to have them speak because <laughs> right. they're a complete hypocrite. Yes, you know. Right. But uh, there is still value in stuff that they wrote, mm -hmm. and so it's just an interesting way that we as Americans basically erase people from history who don't perform well to the mm -hmm. end. Like there was mm -hmm. a a pastor in Florida, a um, huge church, probably two, three years ago. And um, he committed adultery. And uh, I, I went on to listen to his sermons and they had scrubbed all of his sermons off Whoa. their website. All of 100%. Yeah. You can find anything. Wow. I could go on YouTube and find some like other things that okay. he did in other places, but it was just interesting. So they basically erased his entire influence in ministry. Totally. And uh, one moment... You know, now erases everything. Now, uh, my guess is after 30-some years of public ministry that there's some really great stuff in there. Right. And here's what we see throughout Scripture also that for some reason, um, I don't totally understand this. I'm not advocating—I don't know what I would have done if I were the elder's mm -hmm. responsibility. Like, would I have taken them off because it was too painful for people? I, I don't know. Sure. I'm not—I have no judgment right. for them. But it's not uncommon that when one person messes up, you erase their entire catalog. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing this in Hollywood right now, et cetera. And again, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just observing the trend. But it doesn't change the fact that what Solomon wrote was good right. and true, and God inspired it, and it was motivated by God, and his romance was pure, and that was just a good mm -hmm. time of life. And we don't want to negate that. And uh, Scripture stands above the author. Yes. The Scripture's legitimacy is not contingent on the author's morality. That's the whole story of what we believe about Scripture. God used flawless people. I'm sorry, flawed, flawed <laughs> people to write a flawless book. That's where I was going with that yeah, flawless gotcha. piece. Every one of the authors of the Bible were flawed in some way or some form. Mm. 
and yet God used them to communicate his flawless word. Yep. Which, when we preach, that's what he does. He takes broken people, taking a perfect book written by other imbroken, Mm -hmm. imperfect broken people, and he uses broken communication to somehow transform lives. That's right. Like, that's insane to Mm -hmm. me. Which is why the gospel is called foolishness, because it's a, a foolish message from foolish people inspired by a perfect God through foolish people. That's right. Fools to fools, and fools. then God's like, yeah, no, God I'll can, save a bunch of yeah, people. do his thing. Yep. Well, listeners, if you've never read The Song of Solomon, it's a beautiful book. Don't be afraid of it. It's a great book for couples to read together. Just look at what God has to say in this book. It's an amazing book love story. I know a pastor who gave probably the best sermon series on that that I've ever heard. Um, it's at the Village Church. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know where I was going with that. You were looking at me so serious. Like, who You're are like, you talking about? Who are you talking about, man? Like, that's a little joke for y'all. Well, listeners, please come back next time. We're going to be addressing some questions about Noah and the flood. And so there are several of them that we're going to go after. So please come back next time. Mm-hmm.